Welcome to Cinema 7. This is John Kanoki hosting today. Uh, we've got a, a bit of a special guest for you. Uh, before that, though, we're going to intro the, uh, the regular people. It's uh, Chris Hawk over there. I'm regular. Uh, Mario Bukhari over here. I'm over here today. And then we got a special guest. Uh, he is an actor. His name is Paul Cram. Is that how you say that? I just, you that know, is, I just, okay. That is absolutely correct. Like what you do the night before a test, you cram for it. So yeah, Paul Cram. Yeah, you know, I, I was I was just hoping it wasn't pronounced kind of weird, you know, and I was getting it wrong because I forgot to ask. So it's the creme de la creme. <laughs> but yeah, today we're uh, we're just having a casual discussion. We're talking indie movies, um, uh, blockbuster movies, kinda, and we're just we're just hanging out. That's what we're doing. You know, this is a new format. I don't know if we have a name for it yet, but maybe we'll come with up with it. You know, throughout the episode, uh, Mario's pretty good at naming things, so he'll come up with something. Casualistic. I don't know. Nah, I don't like that. Yeah, you're right. I like new format. Welcome to the new format. <laughs> Welcome it's to the new, new format. It's the new format. So before we get into the discussion, uh, I think I think we should get to know Paul a bit. Um, I've been talking to him through email, you know, for a while now, but Chris Hawkamaro haven't got a chance to, you know, really know him, and I don't really know him. So Paul, uh, tell us tell us a bit about yourself. What do you do? Uh, I said you're an actor, but what do you what do you really do? What do I really do? Um, well, I absolutely pretend to be other people um often and you know <laughs> mostly mostly that is paid acting work um let me think here what 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 to tell you about myself um yeah what are you into what's your hobbies outside my, of acting what are my you hobbies i do a ton of stuff actually outside of outside of acting um probably my most uh i don't know if this is bizarre it's bizarre to some people um i really enjoy making soap like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Do you, you like Fight Club? I love Fight Club, and that would actually be part of my curiosity with making soap. And I, I, I don on the rubber gloves and the mask and the uh, eye goggle protective wear. And yeah, it's 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 interesting. Fight Club did a great job because it actually you gotta you gotta put all that stuff on so it doesn't eat to your skin when you're yeah, working with with some of that dangerous. stuff pretty dangerous job right there <laughs> it's it's a fun hobby though it's it's a very fun hobby yes and uh yeah i think part of part of it yeah would definitely become from fight club but um i don't know it's 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 i i find myself uh you know i also i do gardening i like working with my hands a lot um i i paint i work with photography um anything that can kind of kind of get the creative juices flowing I don't think I've ever met anyone whose hobby was making soap. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, that's pretty cool. I just I've never met. I wouldn't even think of that as a hobby, but I guess it is. Well, it, it's um, I I don't even know what to say. I it's it's fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an interesting it's an interesting pastime. Paul, I got your back, bro. Okay. Um, I understand. You're, it's like a peace of mind type of thing. You know, it's it's probably, you know, uh, same with painting and how artists can find peace of mind through painting or um, expressing themselves, especially with like photography, like you said, as well. Like you can like uh, find 
anything, taking a picture of anything, you can express life, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a certain, um, I like what you said there, like a little bit of a peace of mind. Like, um, And I cook too. Like any anything that kind of has a method or a process to it that your brain can kind of go into automatic and you know, you can, you can be creative, but there's a, there's a recipe to it. Um, actually making soap is very much driven by a recipe as well. So it's kind of like you, you, you do the same process. Um, and while you're doing that, your brain just kind of relaxes. I, I find it really relaxing. There's also, you... no, go ahead, Chris. So have you, uh, experimented with types of different soaps? Have you tried to like remix the soap industry or try to do something different that no one has done before. I haven't tried to shake it up quite to the extent that they did in Fight Club using, you know, human fat, but Ooh. I have I have played around with um different types of fat which requires a different uh you really really have to measure out um because it, it's all about density. It's it's about how dense the different fats are. So I've played around with that, but I haven't really tried to reshape the industry because uh I have failed miserably at some of my batches of soap, so I haven't, I haven't, I haven't really gone too far off on the deep end with any of that. What happens when it is a bad batch of soap? Is it not soap anymore? It it doesn't saponify, which means uh, during the pro. <laughs> I'm totally going to geek out. Saponification happens when the mo- molecules um, they actually literally deconstruct and reconstruct themselves into a different configuration. So that happens during uh, the process, uh, and that's where that lye comes in, the caustic part of it. The lye actually interacts with the fat oil part of the soap and during that process if it doesn't happen correctly like if the molecules don't deconstruct and reconstruct because you've measured something wrong um if you were to use that said soap it could still be caustic and it could literally eat your skin off so when you get rid of this stuff does you have to it's like a contaminant it's like a it's a biological hazard isn't it it, it's a biohazard for if it doesn't if it doesn't saponify correctly. Uh, it, it's a biohazard for probably depending upon how poorly I did. <laughs> it would be a biohazard for maybe about a week, and then it and then the the toxic level or the causticness within the soap um, it naturally degrades. So it's it's a hazard for a little while. That's interesting. That's actually really fascinating. Uh, do you have any favorite like photographers? Or anything like that along those lines? You know, my my part of photography is is uh, fairly basic, meaning uh, you know pictures of uh, portraits of friends, family, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I haven't delved too much into the art side of photography. Yeah. Um, I've per- I've been I've I've actually participated as a model with in the art photography world, which is bizarre <laughs> and wild. I could um, imagine. Yeah, I actually, I actually was a uh, was was really fun. I I I am in a photograph that is hanging up um, at MoMA in New York. Um, a really interesting art piece that I'm wearing a uh, kind of a soapy green um, suit, and it looks very 1970s. Um, so if anybody gets into MoMA, um, take a t- look around for <laughs> look around for a piece that has Paul Cram in it. <laughs> I was just up there, actually, like a month ago. <laughs> oh, excellent. Excellent. Did you go to the photography exhibit by chance? No, I didn't. I actually skipped it because, you know, I was like, well, I, I, I got to cut time here. But oh! I mean, that's, that's pretty cool, though, <laughs> to, to be like in a museum, you know, like that. 
I agree. Randomly I agree. For, for modeling for some I, I tell people, I'm like, you know, Tilda Swinton and I have something in common. You know, we both have been <laughs> at MoMA. And <laughs> but she was a live, she was a live sculpture. You know? She was a live sculpture. Is that not the, like one of the most bizarre things you've ever heard of? Like, <laughs> I, w- I would expect that from her, you know. I no, would too, actually. I, yeah, I think it definitely fits her persona. It's it's interesting that you bring up these hobbies because they all kind of have the same thing where you have like a process and then there's like an end result you can appreciate, which is, I mean, almost the same as acting. You know, there's like a process and then you can appreciate something after the fact yes. instead of just yes. like an active hobby that you do and then there's nothing to show for it. So they kind of they kind of say the same, you know, all fit the same bill, even if they're not the same thing, which is pretty cool. I, I totally agree, and that's uh, that's part of my argument with uh, friend, fellow actor friends of mine when they're like, ah, oh, I, I, I come from the Midwest, I live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and there's a ton of theater here, um, and so I'll, I'll argue with my, my theater friends, they're like, well, which is better, you know, theater acting or film, and and I don't necessarily see one as better than the other, but I just know that with film, it's like that you have an end product that exists forever, Um and that doesn't always happen with theater other than the script, you know? Yeah, there's there's really, I mean, unless it's recorded, there's nothing you can go back to sometimes, which is, I mean, it doesn't take away from it, but at the same time, at least you can appreciate something with film. So I, I could see the argument there. Have you Have you done both types of acting, theater and film? I have, yes. And... I get asked the question fairly often, which one do I prefer or which one is, again, quote unquote, better. Um, and for myself, I prefer film. I actually really, really love that medium. Um, that being said, I, I, it's not comparing apples to apples. I mean, mm-hmm. when you're on stage and you get that immediate feedback from the audience on, on if they're responding to what you're doing as a performer, I mean, that's one of the best feelings ever. You know, you, 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 you get immediate feedback. Whereas with film, you know, you, you do a scene and it goes through such a process. It goes, you know, you're working with the director and then, it, you know, you ha- it's handed off to an editor and then, you know, that goes through the process and then the audience. So there's, there's a few steps removed from that audience feedback. So it's interesting, but I, I, I definitely prefer myself just how I'm wired. I, I really like film. I like the process of, of going through the script and chopping it into pieces and uh, oftentimes performing it, you know, not linear, you know, jumping around and um, really being able to uh, be very small um, or big, depending on depending on what the part and role is. But uh, it's always fascinating to me how, you know, as a film actor, we can be shooting a scene and um, it's I'll be saying the exact same, you know, sentence or paragraph or something like that. And, you know, just because they punch in the camera, so it's a super, super close up, all of a sudden I have to take everything way down. Like, it's like, you know, Paul, this is so close, like just blinking my eyes is almost too much. So do you, so do you like the fact of filming more? Because in a, in a, in a theater type of, uh, display it's an instant gratification type of thing from your audience whereas in film it might be months or even a year before that film even reaches the audience is that part of the reason why you like it more because it could be like a like an out of out of sight out of mind where you don't get to see the end product till months down the line and then you get people's reactions is that is that what you're uh what you like about it too 
I can, yeah, yeah, I can, I can, I, it's a love-hate thing with what you just said, because there's a part of me that hates the wait. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, like, I just worked on a film last, uh, last uh, right, right at the end of summer of 2017, and the film itself, it's called Pescalusa, and mm-hmm. it has um, Natalia Dyer from Stranger Things, and... Uh, it's one of those projects where I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so curious now. Let's let's see this, and I'm starting to bite, chomp at the bit a bit because I'm like, all right, all right, all right, nothing's happening. I can't, you know, I can't see the work that's happening. I know mm-hmm. that it's being edited, and it's being worked on. So, I guess there's a there's a fair amount of anticipation that starts to build up on my end. So on on top of that, do the directors you work with do they watch, let you watch dailies? Do you want to watch yourself? daily so you could critique yourself or does it drive you nuts when you watch dailies or stuff like that you know it's it depends on the director um i've worked with some directors that they don't mind if i see dailies and then i've worked with ones where they are adamant like no don't let paul see it um myself as an actor i find that it doesn't bother me um i don't mind i really don't mind if a director's like you know that's not working and i'm not really sure what to tell you so i'm just going to show this to you and you can see and for me, that can oftentimes be really helpful where it's like, just show me what, what's, what's, what it is that, and you know, a lot of times it just clicks in my head. It's like, oh, okay. I see, I see why what I'm doing isn't working, you know, be it performance or how I'm moving or something like that. So that would be, I think that's, I think some people would call it very much like an out outside in type of mm-hmm. acting where you're, where you're really looking at yourself from the outside. Um, and that doesn't bother me. I know that there's, I've worked with actors that, um, just refuse to watch dailies, but I, it doesn't bother me. Uh, but do I seek them out? No, not really. Gotcha. That's kind of, kind of like a, I'll do it if I need to, but you're not going to actively go try to review yourself kind of thing. Maybe. Yeah. 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 That's like, uh, um, I do, uh, pro wrestling. So, uh, it's, I hate watching myself afterwards, you know, like, uh, to see how well I, I did. And, um, pro wrestling is very much like, theater in a sense like what you were saying because you're out there and you're you're performing you're waiting for those uh for the crowd to uh be in you know make noise and be enthralled with with your storytelling of what you're doing and you kind of you kind of uh you don't know in the moment and then when you watch it afterwards you you know you're like when it's recorded you kind of like okay i did that really well i did that i could do better on this so I see what you're saying. You'd rather have the rec- uh, what you were saying earlier about the film and the um, and doing it live. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 like back to your point, like especially for I would assume I haven't done live wrestling. That's kind of awesome. <laughs> um, it's fun to you know sure watch it to kind of evaluate it, but the hard part with that and the hard part like if I was in a play and it was recorded is uh you know oftentimes you don't necessarily get to go back and redo it um but you do in movie making so it i guess there's a little bit more of a benefit i suppose if in my mind for film to watch it and be able in that moment to be like okay yeah. let's change it right now let's re- refilm it <laughs> i've always um, been fascinated about just the behind the scenes and editing and and creating a story from just editing and all that it's it's really fascinating and i, I love every aspect like Anytime there's a film documentary out, I'll I watch I eat it up. I just watch anything. Like the Last Jedi DVD just came out, and uh, they have a 
cool documentary on there uh, called The Director and the Jedi. And just how it shows you the process of something that huge uh, is is pretty spectacular. And how it gets in there like Ryan Johnson's head is pretty neat. I can only imagine working on, oh, good grief. I mean, something that is obviously has such, (laughs) those, the, the Star Wars films are so in my brain, just huge, meaning, meaning, you know, massive block. Not only are they like the blockbuster movie, but they have such a canon of, of, of stories behind them and, and, and kind of honoring that. Oh, good grief. But the the simple process of managing again just that many actors and that much I don't know I come from a little bit on my background I come very much from the indie world um, you know I got my start in indie indie films and very small projects um, you know and more recently you know starting to break into a little bit bigger projects um, you know like like uh, I I worked on a film with Woody Harrelson uh, that came out last year so. You know, I'm I'm newer ish, I suppose I should say, to to some of the some of the larger projects. So uh hearing you talk about the the Star Wars stuff, it's just like, yeah, like my brain just almost shuts off. It's like, what? <laughs> yeah, that's did you now I because you mentioned your start, did you want to be an actor? Is that like what you you went into wanting to do or just kind of happen into it? Because I know some people, you know, that's not what they set out to do in life and then they just kind of end up doing it because they're either, you know, told they're good at it or they just happen into something. Or was that like what you, you know, wanted to do from like an early age? It's it's so fascinating to me when I hear people's story where they're like, oh, I just kind of happened into this because that is absolutely not what I what I did. You know, I I remember when I, I was about, I think, 16, 17, right around there. Um, I told my mom, I was like, I was like, I, I want to be an actor. And to her credit, she she just was like, well, how are you going to do it? You know, because we, we don't we aren't connected in any way, shape or form. Um, so I, I went to the library and being the dorky library patron that I love to be, I got like every single book. And by every book, I mean like every book, like any any book that had anything to do related to acting and the entertainment industry, um, I read it, uh, including like soap opera type romance novels and everything like I could get my hands on. Um, and from there, I, I started to um, audition for you know theater and for um, like I, I I really got my start in working specifically on film with student directors that would cast me and have me work on their projects for school. Um, and I did a ton, a ton, a ton of those. Um, and it was, it was, a, it was, a, it was a training of course. Um, but a lot of it was very challenging just because if you've ever worked with a student filmmaker before, they don't know exactly what they're doing. So, it, <laughs> um, but, but I, 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 yeah, I guess that's like a, a great part of being a student filmmaker is that you're making up, making it up as you go type yeah. of thing yeah absolutely absolutely um and yeah that was my training ground and uh yeah I've, I've i've been very fortunate as an actor to be able to um to get my feet wet in that way and then also um like i i still reside here in minneapolis minnesota and i travel you know to the coasts when i need to for uh for work um it's 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 been an interesting road. I, I've I've enjoyed the process so far. 
Yeah, I can I can imagine. I mean, especially, you know, not moving out to L.A., you know, to be one of those people that try to uh, kind of live the dream, but staying true to, you know, where you're from, but also, you know, getting a break in there. That's I mean, that's pretty good. A lot of people have to, you know, move, I guess, to even get access to that. But you, you know, went out and took it yourself almost, which I mean, I can appreciate. Well, and I and I um I, I share this story quite a bit, but um, way back in when I was really, really, really green, um, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that rapper Eminem, um, and he did that movie, Eight Mile. Uh, this was a long time ago. Um, the casting director was doing like a nationwide search. Uh, she, her name's Mally Finn, and she was doing like a nationwide search for people in that movie. And I, I, at that point in time, I was, I was, like I said, really green, but I sent her my headshot and did not hear back from her for that movie, uh, which I'm a skinny pale, you know, white guy, which, you know, I'm, I'm not shocked that I wasn't cast, but she, I got a phone call maybe half a year later after, after I had sent that headshot in and, it was, you know, this really um, professional sounding person. And they were like, you know, this is the office of Mally Finn. Mally would like to talk to you. Do you have a moment? And and I was like, of course, you know, I about fell out of my chair and she gets on the phone. And, and just to just to give you guys some some reference point, because not everybody knows who Mally Finn is. Um, a fair amount of, of film actors do. Mally cast the Matrix trilogy. Uh, she also cast L.A. Confidential and Amazing. she cast uh, the Titanic movie amazing i think you um, sold chris talk uh la confidential is one of my favorite movies so and isn't oh my gosh and and i look at la confidential and i think the casting is so brilliant like i'm just like yep yep i love it <laughs> so mally has since passed away um, oh no yeah she has since passed away but when she was when she was kicking in the industry and stuff she was obviously the top of the top mm-hmm. um so it, so she called me and she was like you know, hey Paul, I've got your I got your headshot. And she's like, I I want you to read for some of these movies that I've got coming up here. Like I I'm curious about you. And she's like, There's there's something here that I think is really intriguing. Um and so she actually had me auditioning for a movie with Drew Barrymore, you know, and I and I and I so I read for the a script for that and then um and I didn't get cast in that. But the beautiful thing about Mally is she's like, Paul, she's like, they didn't cast you, but she's like you there's something here like you're really interesting uh and so then consecutively after that she had me read for this movie with val kilmer and then she had me read for one with Charlize theron and i didn't get cast in any of them and she was like paul if you ever find yourself out here in la i want to talk to you and i was on a family vacation you know a year later and, and i called her and i was like hey Millie, i'm in town you know and she actually had me go to her office and very much like a mom like she sat down with me and she's like hey She's like, I can only imagine because of like your physical makeup. Like I, I, I still am. I'm a very skinny, <laughs> I'm a very skinny guy who's almost six feet tall. She's like, I can only imagine the kind of comments you're getting from agents and casting people. She's like, but here, I just want you to know this. Like you are really special and you're not going to be Tom Cruise, but you have something. And I just want you to know that. And 
She's like, I wouldn't recommend that you move out here right now. I actually think that you could do a ton of stuff in the Midwest and, you know, have at it. So she was super encouraging to me and it kind of validated me as an as a actor. Um, and it just opened up my eyes and it opened up my mind and it opened up um, a lot for me. So right after that, I, I started hitting the ground running and um, I, I was like, well, if Mally's interested in me, I bet there'd be other people too. So I started to look around at other casting directors around California and, and all over the place. And I, you know, started reading for stuff. And I, the first film that I worked on in Hollywood was with um, Edward Furlong. Uh, the little kid from Terminator Two. Maybe you've seen the movie. <laughs> um, and and yeah, and it's, it's. I guess I just I like to share that story because of because of how Mally was so kind to me as a person, and it just it was like a breath of fresh air, and it spoke a lot of um, life to me. So um, I feel like I'm going off on this long tangent, but no, that's it a was, good story. It, that's that's no, really yeah, cool. it's good. This this is what we're looking for. Yeah, yeah. It's it's cool to hear how someone impacted someone else's life, you know, especially on that level. And it's it's funny you mentioned uh, green or being green because in uh, the wrestling world, they say that too as a term for someone who's uh, very new to the to the craft. So that's that's pretty interesting. Oh, that's so cool. Out of curiosity, what's do you have a wrestler name? Um, <laughs> I was going by my, my real name, which is Mario Bakari. Uh, I have some matches on YouTube that were posted and see, I only did it locally. I never, um, I stopped in 2005 because I, I got a little lazy and other reasons, but it's, uh, it's it's interesting it's an interesting world to be a part of um <laughs> i love it when mario bakari is a very cool wrestler yeah. it might not be like junkyard dog or like or, <laughs> yeah or you know the hulk but yeah I, I always was going off of um being the chosen one as was my my gimmick i was the the chosen one because uh, I was very much into like the old school wrestling and I really thought that needed to come back. So I, I thought maybe like, you know, my gimmick would be the chosen one and I'd bring back old school wrestling in a sense. But, you know, very much like you, I'm a skinny white pale kid who is not almost six feet tall. I'm almost five feet tall. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm too short for the wrestling world almost. <laughs> he is the chosen one. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's. It's it's really neat to just hear the story that you brought up just because in something like the the acting industry, you know, that's that's pretty cutthroat. There's a lot of people trying to do that. And for somebody to, you know, almost go out of their way to, you know, help somebody and just give you advice. I mean, I'm sure that goes a long way in, you know, keeping spirits up and just, you know, making that dream possible for someone. Oh, absolutely. Well, and 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 knowing what I know now, and I, I have to assume that Mally, because of how seasoned she was, um, I know that she knew what was going on. Um, I mean, I would sit down with agents, you know, at the at the kind of the beginning of my career, and and it was nuts. And by nuts, I mean like agents would be like, um, they're like, oh gosh, like, hmm, what do we do with you? Can you gain a whole bunch of weight? Like, can you put on? <laughs> can you put on muscle? Uh, you know, or or I always chuckled too, like some of the. Agents 
agents were like, are you, are you anorexic? Cause we really should chat about, you know, being healthy. And I'm just a skinny guy. Like I was like, what in the world are you talking about? Um, but I remember this one director, I was in an audition and the, the director, um, he turns to everybody in the, in the, in the casting, uh, and it was for like this theme park. So I had my shirt off for this water theme park thing. And the director turns to, turns to the group of the producers and stuff. And and he's like, ah, he's like, Paul is such a chestnut face. And I just remember looking at him and being like, I have no idea what he's talking about. (laughs) And, uh, it's very much an industry where, where it's so easy to fall into the thing of, of looking at people as product and not necessarily realizing that, Oh, there's a human being right there. Uh, so I went home and I looked up what chestnut face meant. And I was like, Oh, it's like an urban slang thing for, um, their their body is hot, but their face is not. <laughs> and, so it's the female, it's the male form of butterface. Yes, absolutely. Boom, you know it. Yep, yep. And I didn't know that. So when I got, I've never heard that. <laughs> my my lips started quivering, and I may have shed a tear. <laughs> that's that's mean. Been like, oh, it's very mean. It's very mean. Yeah, but but the industry itself um, is very much like that in many ways, where there's a lot of. Um, you get a lot of, uh, I would have to say, green directors, green producers. You know, you get people that maybe can go on some power trips and stuff. Like that director. Like, that That, that was just mean and stupid. Um, yeah, he's has no to idea. square up. I'm trying to square <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it, that's, yeah, that's crazy. It is crazy. It is crazy. Although... <sighs> I hate to say this, but the flip of it is that is, uh, and it's helped me a lot over the years as well. Is the flip of it is it's like I am a product, you know, me as an actor, Paul Cram as an actor, that is a product, and some of that stuff eventually it's like, well, it just washes off your back, you know. It's like ah, whatever, you don't, you can you you can have your opinion, whatever, but you don't know me, that you know the the Paul Cram that sits at home and makes soap and you know some of that crazy stuff. But I say I say those things so I don't always cry to cry myself to sleep at night, you know. Is is the auditioning process your least or most favorite part of acting? Ah, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I know any actors that love auditioning. I, I don't love love it. Um, I definitely have gotten to a place where it's like this is just a part of it, so might as well enjoy it. Right. Um, and I try to have as much fun with it as I possibly can. Um, but it can be really grueling. It can be really. Uh, you know, you get a script, uh, like recently I was in Chicago and, um, it's like, here is your seven pages of script, which is a lot for an Mm -hmm. audition. Um, you know, Oh, sorry. We couldn't get it to you until the night before, by the way, we need you to be off book. You have to memorize all of this by tomorrow morning at, you know, 9am. And it's just like, um, huh. Okay. That's not (laughs) going to happen, but (laughs) Um, it can be it, auditioning can be really grueling. It can be it can be just uh, blah blah. Hopefully that answers your question because blah. Hey Paul, do you uh, do you play like Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that? Like tape like board games or anything? I have not played Dungeons and Dragons. I but I think I would like it. Um, most of my board gaming experience is like Monopoly type stuff. Um, or risk, you know, yeah. that kind of that kind of thing. But um, I haven't, I haven't. Why do you ask? Is that is that your cup of tea? That's something uh, we do as friends. We play D anD D, and it's it's pretty fun to just like get into like a character role play and be goofy. And uh, when I first started doing it, I thought it was gonna be like really 
you know, goofy and dumb and dorky because I wasn't used to that. And then I, I quickly learned how fun it was just to be uh, the kind of role play. You know, it's 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 uh, it's interesting. It's fun to discover and be goofy with your friends. You know, everyone. Do you do you have a I because I, I'm not totally familiar with that um, form of, of play. But do you. How geeky do you get with it? Do you do you do LARPing? Like do you <laughs> We don't we don't dress up, but we Not yet. We <laughs> not yet. <laughs> but we will. Yeah. <laughs> but we do get pretty um we do get pretty nerdy with it. Like we get pretty serious. Um my uncle who's uh he came to visit one time and he was playing with us and he didn't he didn't he never played before and he didn't know he like we don't really think we're being serious, but he thought we were being like really serious. He's like, "My God, you guys really take this uh, legit!" <laughs> like, and uh, yeah, because you know you roll you roll a dice. You're trying to like uh, like let's say Chris Hawk is the dungeon master, and he's saying, "Okay, there's a guard here. You're going to uh, do you want to talk to this guard? Or there's a guard in front of that door or whatever." And you're like, "Okay, okay well, he's as a blocking, he's blocking your path. What are you guys gonna do?" Yeah, so as and a then, as a so character, like half the, yeah, half the guys will try to use their character to get past them by maybe bribing them or making them think that they have something better. There's something better, you know, there's a distraction over there. And then Mario's character will probably try to do something like stealthy. And that's, it's basically all, you can either use your character's, you know, personality or use your character's physical actions to do something. But interesting, interesting. But how do you? I might have to try this sometime because in my mind, I'm thinking of um, like improvisational acting <laughs> and that kind of stuff, uh, which is what this is reminding me of. But obviously, I mean, there's a is. set of rules. It, it basically is improv. Okay. Yeah, because like uh, if he he'll play the guard and I'll talk to him and I'll be like, hey, uh, I need to get through that door because of this. And he's like, oh, well, I don't believe uh, you. I'm a there's, guard. There's no way you're getting through this door. I'm a guard, bro. Yeah, yeah. so then I could be like, well, I really need to get in there or something. And so as the DM, he'll be like, roll a dice to the bluff check me. And then, you know, if I if I stump him, then he's, th he's got to play the guard and be like, oh, well, yeah, sure. Come on in. <laughs> so it, there's, a, there's a dice part of the game. And there's also like a theater aspect of the game where... So there's not all the, all the time you have to roll dice. There are some times when you and you and a player, me as the DM and as a player, are just talking and just acting out a scene. So that's a part of improv because usually I don't write a script for characters unless they're you, unless you can't. Yeah, there's there's an important character. I will write a script for them because you know they're important. But for like an like a regular guard NPC, you might have one or two script lines. But the other things, you know, you got to make up on the fly. And. And okay, the the part of it that's starting to make way more sense to me. I was curious. I was like, so what if you're just a really bad actor at improv, and and the other, and you know, if Mario's telling you that he needs to get in, and you're just like, yeah, that's not ever going to happen, no matter how good of an actor you are. <laughs> yeah, he can just be physical and just fight his way through the guard. You can do that. And and it, so, do you guys actually like stand up and fight then, or? <laughs> Uh, sometimes, sometimes it comes to that. <laughs> is that where the is that where the dice comes in? Dice exactly, comes in. yeah. That's where the dice comes in for attack rolls and all that physical strength rolls. The physical part, the physical fighting part of D and D, is where you you would most likely use your dice. 
Love it. Love it. Love it. So do you guys do voices too? Some people do. I try to. And cue, cue Chris Hawk's Jamaican voice. Uh, Jamal. Hello. Hello. Over there, Jamal, Bob. Oh, go. Ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. And very bad Jamaican. I probably and, made and whenever bad. he pulls out the Jamaican, is you guys are like, oh, you don't even have to roll the dice. We'll just let you through, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I, I, mean, <laughs> I, I said this before we started recording, but you haven't lived till you heard some of Chris Hawk's accents. It's they are phenomenal on a level that I can't appreciate fully. That is a that is a really good uh, Jamaican accent there, Chris. Don't, um, don't stroke I, your ego with that. I, I, I have no. I I'm 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 coming at it from the person. I uh, I have I've auditioned actually. Again, like I said, like like listeners can can probably tell from a little bit of my voice, but I'm a scrappy little white guy, and uh, I actually had an audition once where I had to do. They were like they were like we need you to be Jamaican. Um, and we also, I mean, get this. They're like, your character is Jamaican. Uh, he's also a drug, he's also a druggie. He's strung out. Also on top of that, you're, you're a man who's dressed as a woman who might be a transvestite, but we're not sure. So do all of those things (laughs) and we want you to improvise it. Go. (laughs) Oh my god! <laughs> you can do anything you want, brat. <laughs> oh give me some of that white gold. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> and and Chris, I think yeah, I think you would have been cast. I didn't get cast. <laughs> I stood there blinking for a little while. I was just like, I don't know what's happening right now. <laughs> I will say, yeah. Paul, you have a good voice, though. I'm. Uh, you have a very um. I don't know how to say it. Very just friendly voice and a very, it, I don't know. I feel comfortable talking to you, I guess. It's it's, it's very expressive, yes. if, if that makes sense. On that scene, have you done any voice voiceover work? I have actually. I've done a, I've done a fair amount of it. Um, I've done, I, I do I do some uh, you know commercial voiceover stuff, and I also um, I've had a really good time of late doing some audiobooks. Um, I just actually I'll plug it. I I just finished uh, a collection of short uh, horror story anthology called The Dead and the Desolate. So if people like horror and zombies and all that stuff, and if they also like my voice, um, they can they should be able to pick up uh, uh, not really pick up a copy. You'd, you'd listen to a copy um, online uh, through Audible actually, uh, and that should be available here in a couple weeks. Speaking oh, awesome. of Audible. <laughs> we'll, we'll throw the plug, plug in there right there we'll have to throw the audible plug right there that's so boom hey there uh john kenobi here to tell you about audible.com audible.com is a great way to experience books if you don't have uh the time to read them uh what do they are are audiobooks and we've got a special offer for you at Cinema 7. If you go to www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod, you can sign up for a 30-day free trial today and get a free audiobook. Now, this can be anything they offer. It gives you one credit. can be anything. That's yours. You will keep it after you lose the trial. Uh, you can use this to uh, read a book you, you know you might not have time to read, 
or catch up with all the different Hollywood movies that are being made from books, uh, Annihilation, Ready Player One, etc., etc. Our friend Mario uses it for various random audio dramas. If that's what you're into, give it a shot. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com backslash C7pod. Discover what Audible has over 1 million audiobooks and dramas and all types of things. Just give them a shot. Uh, Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Paul Cram. That's pretty cool, though. I I listen to like a bunch of audiobooks and audio dramas, so I'll definitely have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, please do. Um, and that and and even that world has been a really fun. Uh, it's interesting. It's it's interesting to me as an actor because you know in this in this world of like movies and indie movies and stuff like that, uh, you know I get to play a character, a single one. You know, and I don't know about you guys when you're playing Dungeons and Dragons if you ever get to play more than one character. Is that a thing? Usually the DM does, but usually when the other players that are playing the game, they pl- What's a they DM? stick. To Is that Dungeon a Master? Dungeon Master. Okay. He may well he he does he's the one playing he's the one with the game that the players are playing through. So he's he's writing the story. He's he's ah. acting out the characters that you know, if you played a video game, you're playing your character. He's everyone else in the world. He's so, everybody else. So okay. he's doing, you know, upwards well, of twenty people a night. I see. I see. Well, then the dungeon master would be very similar to like me when I'm doing a narration for a book because uh, it's fun as an actor because it's something I haven't you know had the experience of doing before and I, I was like, oh my gosh, this is so fun! I get to voice every single character uh, in this book, and that's it's super exciting and super. Uh, it's I, I like to liken it onto it's like you know that crazed person that's like I am in control of everything. You know, it's 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 pretty awesome. So, do you now that you, voicing different characters? You do different voices, obviously. Do you have a a wide range, or is it just kind of variations? You know, I when I first f- some of the very first uh, story uh, that I voiced, yes, I did some really intense uh voice characters and after listening to it and listening to some and really looking around and stuff i was like oh oh you know this eight hour story maybe people don't want to hear quite that over the top like (laughs) it's like okay i can i can uh i i like to listen to stories myself where the there's a a, a nod to something, but where it's not so over the top where it's like, oh my gosh, I kind of don't want to listen to this anymore because it's just too painful. Um, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> let's say, let's just borrow Chris's uh, Jamaican thing for a moment. Like, it would be fun to hear that a little bit, but I wouldn't want to listen to an entire eight hour book. Are you sure? I, you know, now that I say that out loud, I'm totally lying. That would be awesome. An eight hour. <laughs> I'm gonna read the first Harry Potter book just in a Jamaican accent. And oh don't and don't the differentiate. The boy who lived, man. The boy who lived. <laughs> and don't differentiate characters. Every single thing needs to sound like exactly the same. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said that, man. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> Why did Barbara say that to Tom? Harry, right, you put your name in the goblet of fire. Her. Wow, Hermione! Hermione as a <laughs> Hermione as a Jamaican man would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I mean, since we're talking about uh, audiobooks and books and stuff, how do you how do you feel about uh, some of these these large, like massive budget movies that are coming from books? Like, I mean, the the only one I can think of currently because I just read it is uh, the the King Killer Chronicles is being made into a TV show, a movie, and a video game. That's just insane for like two books. It, which I haven't. I don't think I've read that one. Um, say the title once more, please. It's the. It's called the King Killer Chronicles. It's by Patrick Rothfuss. Okay. It's, it's only two books, but it's it's like fantasy style. But they're just turning you know two books currently. It's going to be three, into like three different mediums. And we see that a lot where they take you know like a simple book like The Hobbit, you know, for instance, and turn it into this massive project. Oh, I have a huge opinion here. Yes, The Hobbit specifically, um, just because I, I haven't actually read the the King no, that's fine, one yeah. that you're referencing. No, I, the Hobbit, I, think we all I was so I was mortified. I actually did not watch them. Um, I myself, I love and adore The Hobbit as a book, as as one book. I love The Hobbit um, as a as a trilogy. No way. Nope, not gonna happen. Um, I saw I was in Maine working on a movie and when The Hobbit came out and I was in the the hotel gym like on the treadmill and part of it came on and I was like, what movie is this? And I turned to somebody that was there and I was like, what is this? Like there's orcs and they're like, oh, it's a Hobbit. And I was like, no, this is not The Hobbit. There's no orcs. There's no like what? <laughs> like what are they doing to this movie? Um, so I, I have a beef actually. If you if you take a book. And you add and add and add and add. At what point is it not even reflective of the book? No, I completely agree. If you're if you're just adding, I think it's there are some movies that are made from books where you have to leave things out. But when you're inserting things that completely change the plot, I mean, I don't I don't know when it stops becoming the source material. I mean, that's one of my my big uh, pet peeves, I guess you will, is movies that don't at least stay true to source material and just kind of turn it into their own thing. I agree. In an excessive way. I have a question for you guys. Have you read or and or seen The Magicians? I have watched I've watched the first couple episodes of the show. Um the show I couldn't really get into, but I've never read the book or anything along those okay. lines. Well, cuz I have read the book and I've seen the show and uh, I have found there's some things that um, I don't know. There's some, there's, there's elements in the book that, that I feel like the, the show, they took them and they kind of tweaked them a little bit and they made it work for TV. Um, and I think that that's an example where they're not necessarily adding, but they're altering a few things here and there to make it just so that it, there's things you can do in a book that you just cannot do visually on TV. You can get inside the character's head. You know what I mean? In a book. Um, and I think they do that really well in the magicians. I think another show, um, what's that one with the dragons on HBO? Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, if I, I haven't read all those books, but I have heard that this TV show does not follow the books. Exactly. Is that incorrect? Or do you guys know? No, that's it currently it, it starts off really strong with season one and then it just deviates heavily. And because they're finishing before the actual books are going to be finished. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that, I'm sure people have 
huge opinions on that. I guess I don't know if the I'd have to read the books to know and to have more of an opinion on that. But yeah, Paul, are you going to ever uh, sit down and watch The Hobbits? It's weird saying The Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> the Hobbits. Well, should I? Um, I don't know because no. If, I'll be honest, no. <laughs> there's a. Should we tell Paul about the love triangle? <laughs> no, all you got to say is love triangle. Oh no! Wait, 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 wait! Love so triangle. I have, I have in actually the Hobbit. I actually haven't seen the Hobbit either. Did they just replace goblins for orcs? Is that all they did? No. No. Because <clears throat> I don't remember both. orcs. There's, there's like an orc in. There's, there's an orc with a twig for an arm, and I was like, "What is this that's from?" Accurate, yes. And they were like, "Yeah, yeah, twig arm or something." And I was like, "That's not in the book. What? Is, what?" <laughs> um, I don't know. Does twig arm love one of the elves or something? <laughs> no, it's a it's an elf dwarf romance. Um, ah, and yeah, that's that's all you need to know because you don't need to know. It, oh. it just ruins. It ruins my memory. Of the Hobbit book, and I've read that, you know, a couple times. <laughs> it just ruins it and turns it into something I don't really want to think about. You know, three <laughs> movies did not need to be made. Yeah, we should totally move on to the next uh, subject or book because we don't want to get into the uh, the barrels going down the uh, waterfall scene either. That was the best part. You haven't seen the Hobbits. What are you talking about? <laughs> I've seen bits and pieces. <laughs> You're a liar. <laughs> You're a Jamaican liar. No, oh man. gosh oh I'm gosh yes no wait are we talking about tomb raider or the hobbit the rivers okay <laughs> i'm so confused no i'm are kidding we, are we talking um, did you see the new tomb raider i did i did yes absolutely hello Compared to the video game what did you think i actually okay well here's the thing the two i i have not played the most recent uh versions of tomb raider i played tomb raider back in the day so i my my recollection is from like the 90s late 90s of tomb raider like walking around the castle with the butler following you yeah type of stuff <laughs> that kind of stuff yep 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 uh all of that said I am a huge fan of Lara Croft, and I, I myself personally, I, I really enjoyed this latest iteration. Iteration. Did you you saw it? I'm assuming, yeah. Right, right, right. We, um, we haven't done an episode on it yet, but I think um, me and Mario came out of it positive, positively. Yeah, Chris. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Jonathan, sorry, I'm sorry. Who's there's Mario, Chris, and John, and I feel like so two of you liked it, and not the third. I, I don't think John seen it. I have not seen it yet. No. All right. Well, in the very end, what happens is... No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it, it's... Hey, if you need to throw your point across, that's okay. Well, John, I do all want, you need to know... I, I, oh, sorry, Paul, you, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I... I actually I got out of the movie theater and I was so happy because I myself I bike everywhere like uh, <laughs> and I know why you're laughing I love love loved the fox and that's all I'm gonna say yeah actually I really liked the beginning too because it reminded me of like like an old 90s uh, movie like hackers or something yes yes absolutely yep I I hope that they they you know have a sequel and more than that because there's a lot of room for her to grow become the actual tomb raider uh they just they can go anywhere with it so i I liked it i agree i agree now in in your experience um i i mean i feel like the like the bigger movies all have the same kind of theme and or formula but i feel like when you get to more independent movies you get a lot more originality 
I I don't know if you know you guys feel the same way about that, but just from what I've seen, you know, you really get the uniqueness in more independent films. I don't know if you guys feel the same way. Yeah, I feel. Um, well, let's Paul go first since this is his expertise. <laughs> well, I don't know if that's my. Well, yeah, I guess it could be. It could be. I. I'm literally laughing. I'm laughing to myself because I'm thinking of some of the indie projects that I've worked on and some of the student projects, too, where they, you know, have me crawling across the floor, reaching a glass of water and tipping it over like as they're indie, <laughs> just weird, bizarre, you know, character studies. Um, so it can go too far. It can go too far. <laughs> um but it's it's interesting, like the blockbuster formula that you're kind of referencing. Um Oh my gosh! Like I feel like I feel like right now, like the movies that are out, like like even including Tomb Raider in that. Like there's Tomb Raider, Ready Player One, uh, all of these huge like summer action things that I love. Um, although within that, you know, there there are some really good indies too. Um, I have I have a few different thoughts on that, and I'm not exactly sure if they totally tie in, but um, I feel like the indie world oftentimes is able to do um, to do some more creative things um, because I feel like they aren't quite so constricted by the studios, which is probably a perception that might be inaccurate, but it's my perception. Um, I don't know. Do you guys see that as far as uh, I think? And where I'm coming from with that is I know like the the blockbusters and the the really big movies, um, they they so often get I feel like bogged down because it feels like they're made by committee. Yeah, I mean I I uh, more recently last few years I feel like a lot of the bigger movies have kind of um, like pacing wise is really quickened. Like uh, I feel like the pacing and the storytelling is just more rushed in my in the in from my viewing perspective, uh, especially, you know, like, uh, the Marvel movies and even the recent star Wars movie, I felt a little, uh, rushed and Chris Hawk disagrees with me on the last Jedi, but, um, we can go all day on that. And, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how they feel, but I, I personally feel like movies, uh, like the storytelling is off just because it seems too quickened in, in the plot. I think it also goes to the fact that these these movies have a formula to them, and that's probably why they do so well. Is because they when they stick to that formula, like the Marvel formula, they they do do well. That's but that's what they are. They're not they're not supposed to be overly deep, right? Sometimes they do sacrifice character development for action, but you know it's a it's a comic book movie, so I can somewhat I can somewhat go with that flow. But I, I do like the fact that, you know, the distributor A24, they're pushing these big, you know, these these low budget indie movies and they're doing spectacular. I mean, they've won, you know, awards for the past three years. They're, you know, you know, what Moonlight. are what are what are. So, OK, Moonlight. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, what are some of the films that they've released? Because I I I'm like, not always up on all the names like um, Ex Machina. Uh, a, well, I think the one uh, a deer with Colin Farrell. I forget what it's called. It's like a deer hunter, or a deer in the headlights. But you know they they have been pushing those big, big, low budget indie movies, and I think we're seeing a resurgence. Just what uh, the one that came out this weekend, a Quiet Place. I would call that a 
the highest of high indie movie because it looks like it has a like a like a big distributing behind it. I don't know if that makes any sense. Like like it's in between a blockbuster and an indie movie, but it's it has it has the recognition of not being an indie movie. Right. Right. Well, and, and I have, think there's something intriguing with um I mean even you can see it on on Netflix and some of that stuff like like there's films that are Oh, I feel like they ride that line between being like I, I would consider them to be indie-ish. Um, like Akja would be something where I look at it and I'm like, gosh, that movie is so intriguing. Um, but it's not. Uh, I don't know. It's it's hard to say that though, because I mean, if you, if you have an actor like Tilda Swinton or something like that in your project, it's hard for me. It's hard for me coming from like the the very indie poor indie budgeted film projects it's hard for me to say well that's an indie movie it's like well when you when you start to get that kind of star power um how indie is it so when big name actors start doing indie movies does that kind of rub you the wrong way a little bit or is it like i love it i i I absolutely love it i adore it because i think that the stories are really worthwhile and worth worth telling i guess i guess what rubs me odd is um is how are we defining indie movie? Um, because, uh, like, like case in point, like the film um, that I was in with Woody Harrelson called Wilson that came out, that was touted as as fairly independent, fairly indie, um, and with good reason from the perspective of the story. Like it's a you know it's based on a graphic novel and it's kind of angsty and it's you know the 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 character he plays within it is, is really prickly and, and the storyline is just very unique. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like, it's what it's, it's a hybrid movie, meaning it's funny, but it's also a drama, but it's also, I mean, it's just, you know, so for me, when I look at that, I'm like, Oh, that strikes me as very much like an indie style script in an indie film. But, it's backed by 20th Century Fox, and then it's bad, and it has you know Woody Harrelson in it. So that's where then I start to question. I'm like, well, how how are we defining indie? Is it Searchlight or is it 20th Century Fox? Uh, Fox Searchlight. So Searchlight does the indie type releases for. So I I, I I mean honestly, I would say if it has a budget more than 25 million dollars, I'm thinking it's almost blockbuster type, because like the movies that are coming out now. That are under $25 million, I think those are more indie than anything else. I didn't know. Maybe, I didn't know that um, Get Out is apparently considered an indie movie, and that was under like uh, $50 million, but that's considered an indie movie? I, I totally. It's totally considered indie, yeah. Isn't that interesting? I think there's, there's two definitions, really. It's more um, the, the, you have the, the budget version of it and then i think some people's opinion of independent films are more related to what they're about and their tone Hmm. uh just you know there are some independent movies that they have a certain tone about them and then you get like this larger release that may have this huge budget but has this really really uh kind of awkward plot or tone and i feel like people view that even though it's realistically not independent when you look at its budget and how much it had to spend and do what it did yeah, yeah. And that totally makes sense to me. And I'm I don't mean to sound like I'm like angsty towards either cuz I I love big blockbuster movies and I love indie movies and uh kind of going back to what your question was earlier too like oh does it bug you if you know if a big name star is in an indie? It doesn't at all. I, there's 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 work for everybody. 
like, would you consider The Shape of Water like an indie film? Because it had a limited release. It had, you know, I wouldn't... Anyone it had a limited movie. release. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, then you have the director, Guillermo del Toro, who has like this cult following status. Um, and, and I have to give a shout out to Doug Jones, the 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 fish <laughs> in that. He's a good guy. Um, he and I know each other. Um, yeah. I Do I consider that one indie? I personally... I kind of it, it it rides that line for me because it's like is it is it I don't know it it it, it was it was shot beautifully it has an, it had a nice budget it had it has Guillermo del Toro, um, right the budget for that movie is shockingly low for what they've done. Oh, do you know I what forget, the budget? I, what was it? I forget what it was, but I I remember looking at it and being like, it's "There's under no 50 way." Fifty million, I think. Yeah, it's under fifty million. Wow, wow. Well, if we look at it that way, then yeah, I would consider it indie, indie-ish. <laughs> it was nineteen point five million. Get wow. out! Wow. No, that was uh, according to the internet, which we can rely on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of uh, a lot of the uh, Oscar uh, movies this year were considered indie, like. Darkest Hour, uh, Baby Driver, Three Billboards, The Big Sick, uh, Lady Bird, and uh, Chris Hawk's favorite Wind River. They were, uh, they're considered, well, on the internet, they're considered uh, indie movies because of their budget. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and don't you find that a lot, I mean, I, at least maybe I'm wrong on this, but I find that a lot of the award-nominated films uh, usually deal with, you know, like Three Billboards. It's so, it's so, such a character study and it's, and it's, the topics are so deep. Um, even Shape of Water, the topics it dives into are, are fairly um, dense if you let them be. Um, yeah, because I mean, there's the scene where the, the African-American couple walk into the restaurant and they kick him out. And the uh, main character who's homosexual or not the main character, but you know I mean? The, the yeah, roommate the, the to dude. the main character, the dude. Yeah. He's homosexual. And he's kind of like, uh, he, he kind of hides in a, just on that level. You kind of, he kind of hides from his own identity in a sense until that scene. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. It's very powerful that, that, uh, you part right the, there. Uh, the master actor from Step Brothers, who played the dad, the best uh, actor. I love Step Brothers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, yes. And I actually be this this hails back to like um this hails back to Aliens. Like like was Aliens was nominated, wasn't it? Didn't didn't it didn't she win um yeah, Alien, an award for that? The original Alien was nominated for Best Picture, like uh Star Wars was nominated for Best Picture of the Year. That came out, and um, Rocky was nominated for Best Picture. I think it won Best Director, maybe. Oh, Get Out. Rocky was nominated? Are you serious? I love it. I love it. It should be. It was a great... (laughs) I love Rocky. Uh, Sigourney River was nominated for Best Actress in a Leading Role. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I... Me, myself, and I like I. I always get so excited hearing like that kind of movie and The Shape of Water too. I'm I'm so excited that that because Shape of Water reminds me it 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 it. While it's not a superhero movie, I feel like it's very close. Um, in in its in having a creature and having it not necessarily be, uh, you know, a horror horror. I mean, Aliens is horror too. I don't know. I don't know. I just like it when movies get that get nominated are maybe not your typical typical 
uh, a cup of tea. Yeah, it's uh, it's very rare these days. I feel like, and and uh, so this year, like with Get Out and stuff, I think that was uh, really neat that Shape of Water and Get Out were nominated in in that limelight. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Totally rabbit trail here. Mario, have you seen a movie called The Naked Man? Uh, who's in it? I do not remember. <laughs> I do not remember the name of the actor. It sounds it was familiar. Filmed, it was filmed in Minnesota, and it's all about a wrestler. That's why I was just curious if you've ever seen it. Uh, no. He's gonna. I, he's gonna see it after this podcast. I, yeah, I definitely am now. Um, I do know that in Minnesota there was uh, Vern Gagne. I believe he was a very popular wrestler in that area, and he created his own movie in like the seventies uh, called. It's just called The Wrestler, and I think it was the the precursor to the one that came out a couple years ago with Mickey Rourke. With oh, uh, cool, very cool, and uh, that had a bunch of wrestlers in it too. And I think even uh, who was it? Was it Sylvester Stallone in the eighties made a movie about wrestling in the twenties or thirties? That was pretty a uh, pretty good movie. I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm not going to remember it. Never mind. Something about wrestling, but uh, there was an actor here in town that I can't remember his name. Never mind. I'm not going to remember it. I, it'll come <laughs> John to John Cena. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so, Paul, what are, like, I mean, we've, we've touched on, you know, some stories here, and you've you've mentioned some movies you like, but what, what are your, what, some favorite movies of yours, just to, you know, bring it all the way back around? What what are your favorite movies if you had to pick them? I know it's really hard to do because you got to span like yeah, years. It's so hard. Oh my gosh. Cause, cause there's, there's so many different genres and things like that. Um, I, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously who doesn't love the Lord of the Rings trilogy? I, I adore it. Um, it's funny cause I love the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but I don't, I, I, I would just refuse to watch the Hobbit. That's, that's uh, acceptable. <laughs> um, I love those. I, you know, some of the like really old movies that stand out in my head that I saw, um, and I, and, and I'm, I mentioned them because as an actor, I think most actors watch these and it's like, okay, that's, that speaks to me. Um, you know, I, I, there's a movie with Betty Davis, uh, blind victory from way back. Um, and I, and she plays someone who's going blind, beautiful movie, beautiful story. Um, East of Eden is awesome. Um, some of these movies are, who doesn't like East of Eden? I mean, hmm. come on. Um, trying to think of more recent ones too. I, I love the aliens trilogy. I didn't love the last one, but I liked the, the first couple. Um, right there with you, bro. Air bump. Cyber air bump. <laughs> you tell me you didn't yes. like the Chronicles of David, the Android. Oh my God. <laughs> Um, and, and, and you know what, on a really light note, like I, it's not, not like I have a tattoo of Lara Croft on my butt or anything, but I, I, I have loved, I loved it when, um, Angelina was Lara Croft and I love the, the, the latest installment of Tomb Raider. I'm, I'm a big fan. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, hold on. Do you have the tattoo? <laughs> well, you know, I'm buck naked right now, so it's, it's no, I'm just kidding. Um, hey, or me am too. I? Or am I? We're all naked. We're all no, naked. I, <laughs> the naked man. We're all man. naked, man. <laughs> We're all naked, man. No, I, uh, I, maybe I do, maybe I don't. I don't know. Oh, I guess, I guess we'll have to wait for that movie when we finally get to see. <laughs> yo, yo, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. What about, what, what, what are some of yours? I'm curious if each of you had to pick one or two favorites. Um, give me a reference point. 
Uh, well, my all-time favorite movie, just because I've seen it so many times, is Predator. And I can quote that movie from beginning to end <laughs> without even just... Oh, oh, I love it. Um, I'm no, curious, what do, you think of the, what do you think of the remixes where they've mixed in the aliens? I, I like those. Um, they're, they're fun to me. Uh, I know a lot of people dislike them. Uh, people hate on them. I, I really like them. The, the first one, the first one I really enjoyed the, the um, Paul Anderson, uh, right. That's his name. Paul Anderson. He did the resident evil in the mortal Kombat movie. He, I really like, uh, Oh, I forgot. I, I actually really like resident evil by the way, too. That's a good, that's a good movie. Yeah. The first one, I really love the, the first one too. And the, um, what's the, the, the jail one. That's the fourth one with the, the she shoots the quarters out of the shotgun that was pretty good oh yes i actually auditioned for one of those i auditioned for the one where they're in vegas in the desert and yeah extinction yeah. extinction yep oh, nice. <laughs> they cast they cast uh i auditioned for the part of rat and i watched the movie to see who they cast and i was like yeah i can see why they didn't cast me because i don't have you know arms that are like uh, they cast a super muscular hunky dude and i was like yeah that's not me (laughs) (laughs) um other than predator you know i like star wars uh i also like the alien movies um uh devil's advocate or unpopular opinion i like alien 3 not a lot of people like alien 3 uh what i like spider-man 2 that's i think that's my favorite superhero movie of all time Uh, nice spider-man 2 and I collect all the Godzilla movies, so I have all those. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to choose two right now, it'd have to be Kill Bill, both movies, because you, you can't watch one without the other. And um, I'm a really big fan of Christian Nol- uh, Chris Nolan, so I would say Memento would be one of my absolute favorite movies. What? Yeah. I'm not judging you at all. Oh, it's I, fine. I'm <laughs> judging him. Comment. I am intrigued actually like very curious um, because I remember watching that film and there's a part of me as an actor I was like wow that's really interesting how they edited that and then there was another part of me that was like somebody please put me out of my misery this is so hard to watch Um, I'm right there with you it's definitely very hard to watch because it's not in chronological order it's like it's backwards chronological it's backwards reverse chronological order with scenes that are chronological mixed in that are in black and white it, it's very confusing but i think i think it adds to the flair to the movie of why i liked it so much <laughs> you can okay. interpret it a couple different ways i think that was one of the first movies i watched from nolan and it just catapulted me into all of his other movies you know prestige uh following uh insomnia uh and we won't Interstellar. talk about Interstellar. Oh man, you mentioned we, it. God, like it's one of my favorite uh, space movies. Was you know when when I was younger, I wanted to be an astronaut, and the things that they talk about in the movie, time dilation, black holes, wormholes, that was the stuff I was into when I was younger. Interstellar was like I think it might be my favorite space movie. I just haven't decided. Yeah, if we if we talk about Chris Hawk, it's he the most complicated thing possible. Chris Hawk's into it. You know, if it's if it's complex. If it involves time in any way, shape, or form, and Chris Nolan loves playing with time, you know, you have the time aspect in Dunkirk, Prestige, all those movies he's done. Time is a very important part of his movies. I'm a big fan of time travel movies. You know, I love Back to the Future, Time Crimes, Predestination might be one of my new favorite time 
travel movies. Time Crimes is that a it's an Italian film, right? Time Crimes. It's, it's either Italian or uh, Spanish. Yes, yes, yes. I've seen that. I actually saw it when it. Uh, I actually saw it at a film festival that I was in. So uh, I know what you're talking about there. And that one, that one is complex, but it's also it's very entertaining. I enjoyed it. Now, I mean, me personally, I'm a I'm a big fantasy guy. So Lord of the Rings, not the Hobbits. Um, I really like a lot of animated movies. Um, so a lot of the the Ghibli films, uh, the Japanese ones. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about the animated films. You're you're speaking to you're speaking to my heart here. I like them. Yeah, I I, I see most of them that come out, even if they're you know, I don't know, more co- kid oriented. Sometimes I just you know I like to appreciate the animation style and like I mean, just how you how you, the art that goes into it, and even if it's all digital now, you know, it's still you can still appreciate where they're coming from and some of the. The things there um he whispered uh, the, to your heart paul he 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 softly whispered to my heart and yeah. and, and my heart fluttered back uh i really like the uh the newest judge dread movie the carl urban you know i uh, i'm a big fan of carl urban and uh leonardo DiCaprio. so most of their movies i'm all over those but I can't really pick specifics because, I mean, I never even think about it till they ask me this question all the time. And then it's like I, I have to spend like two hours figuring out what I've seen to just even, you know, make a list. Yeah. Every time we ask John, he creates a uh, spreadsheet. He creates eight different spreadsheets to figure out what his favorite movie is. I, I, it takes me like three hours to, to figure it out. <laughs> and then I'm still not happy with oh, it. Oh, I do love Planet of the Apes. Uh <laughs> Uh, Paul, do you like uh, Planet of the Apes? I, I, oh my gosh, my nephew gives me such grief over the Planet of the Apes. I did not see the first one. Or, or, uh, okay, okay, I have seen all of the, 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 I've seen all of the Planet of the Apes from way back in the day because yeah, yeah, yeah. my older sisters were watching like the TV. Was it? It was like a TV show, wasn't it? Yeah, or they, like a they used to have TV a TV series. show. I think. Yeah. So I've seen all of that when I was really little. Um, and more recently, I did not see the very first movie. Um, with James Franco, I did see the second one, and I have it in my queue. I I want to see the most recent one because Woody Harrelson's in it. Um, and and that's important to me because I had just worked with him, and then right after I worked with him, he went and shot that. So <laughs> I'm nice. curious, but nice. but yes, I I loved I loved what they were doing with it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. In the I think it's the second one. I hope I'm not getting them all mixed up. It's the one where they. They kind of are out in the forest, and they kind of. Uh, yeah, that's the second one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Chris Rock's uh, least favorite. That's is it my top- favorite. Top ten list that year. <laughs> is it really? Because I I loved it when I saw it. I was like, this is bang, and I like it. Um, really quick question for for have has anybody seen Sword Art Online? <laughs> yeah, which like the anime. Yeah. Yeah, that that I I I just to jump back to you know make my heart pitter patter. I really liked it. <laughs> uh, first and second. Did you hear they're making a new one? I I'm aware of this. Yes. I I don't know that Chris Hawk watched the. Did you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I watched and, season two with gun art, gun goal, whatever okay. it's called. Yeah. So I mean, I I am a huge anime guy. I've seen like a lot of animes. That's the one thing I could answer like what my favorite anime is because I have a running list. <laughs> but on your on your spreadsheet, I yeah, love it. Yeah, all my spreadsheets on my flash drive that I keep. 
<laughs> but yeah, no, I've I've seen it. I I enjoy it. I don't have a, as much criticisms as most people do with it because a lot of people don't like the second half, but I do. It's like one of those animes that you can just tear through. It's very. I almost got in trouble at work for watching these that uh, sort of online. That's how because you're it watching was. it at work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not because you're watching it. It's because you're at work. It's Paul, you're have you work. seen? Yeah. Uh, have you seen Log Horizon? Log Horizon. I don't believe I have anime. Yeah, yeah. You, you should. It's basically the same premise as Sword Art Online, but I think done a bit better. Okay. It's okay. A lot more economical. They delve. In, they delve into the financial aspects of what happens if. It's, it's some world building. Yeah, in definitely. There, which is pretty cool. Okay. It's called Log Horizon. I'm gonna have to jot it down and I'll check it out. Cause I, I like I, I like I loved I loved Sword Art Online. I loved. Um, I loved one of the seasons of I don't know I don't even know how to pronounce the name of it I think it's just called Dot Hack or something. Oh yeah, like Dot that. Hack. Um, I and it was I've just seen one long Hack running side. series. <laughs> well, Dot Hack. There's a lot of different. There's it, maybe it is a whole long series, but uh, or I guess I maybe just saw a season of it. I don't know. Um, there, the and I liked it. I liked it, but I didn't like. I tried to watch another installment of it, and I was like, "Eh, this isn't catching me as much." But, uh, but Log Horizons. That's that's the name uh, of the just, other. One. Just Horizon. Yeah, Log Horizon. Um, Log so, Horizon. I'll jot it down. Yeah, but you know, I don't, we we don't want to keep you all day, so. Uh, we're gonna let's wrap it up you know let's let's plug some things let's uh let's thank you for being here you know we we really appreciate it you know you coming on sharing your stories and just you know where you come from because hanging out with us great stuff yeah absolutely absolutely it's been it's been good chatting with you guys and uh i've enjoyed it i appreciate you having me on yeah definitely now did you uh do you have anything do you want to plug or you know just uh where to find where you? can we find you yeah what's what's going on Absolutely. with your life what you've been it's... doing recently <laughs> uh most recently would be uh the audio the short collection of audio book stories that people can find on audible uh it's called the dead and the desolate it should be out probably I would say we're uh, probably a little bit here March as when people would absolutely be able to find that online. Um, but if people are interested in like seeing what I have going on, the probably the best way to do that is just to go to my website, which is paulcramactor.com. Uh, from there, they can you know they can find me on Twitter and Facebook, and they can find you know all my IMDb listings for recent movies and stuff like that. So that's where I would say to start. Just go to paulcramactor.com and dive into dive into stuff from there there's a whole bunch of of short uh video clips and and short movies and things that i've been in that people can watch for free and as well as uh a fair amount of of audio stories as well yeah definitely check it out uh if you you know liked uh liked his stories you know like him he sounds like a great guy personally i mean he has a good voice so definitely go to audible and check out uh what's it called again uh, the dead and the desolate. It, it should be out here about a month. Go, ch- yes, go check that out. Um, you can get a free trial on Audible for thirty days and a free audiobook, so you can use that on Dead and the Desolate. Uh, if you go to audibletrial.com/c7pod, uh, always plugging. I got a plug, you know. <laughs> and also, if you want to check out uh, more of Paul Cram, you can uh, check out two of his movies on Netflix that he's in: uh, T- Contract Killers and Peacock. Yep. Yep, and uh, Mario. So on the same lines, where can you find us? What are we doing? We well, can find us on the internet. It's just like 
you know, Paul Cram. You can find us on our website at cinema7podcast.com. You can find us on the Twitter and the Facebook and the Instagrams. Uh, we're all, all over there uh, at cinema7 underscore podcast. On Twitter, we're cinema7 underscore pod. You know, because we're a podcast pod. Get it? Uh, other than that, you can uh, donate or a uh, little as a dollar to uh, our Patreon. We're, we're on Patreon. You can become a patron. Like I said, for as little as a dollar. Uh, we have different tiers on there, so definitely check that out. And, uh, John, if you wanted to go over our patrons. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I'll thank the normal people, because since I said that, you know, if you ever donate to us, we will thank you every single episode. <laughs> so thanks, Mario's bomb. Thanks, Mario. I mean, maybe thanks, Chris Hawk. I'm not sure. Uh, thanks, <laughs> oh, Joey goodness. Hill. And thanks, myself, yeah. you know, for donating. Hey, we appreciate it. Me. Thanks, my mom. Again, I want to thank you. You're my mom. Thank you. But with that, uh, Chris Hawk, you want to give it the classic send-off? Wrap this As up? always, we want to thank Paul again for being on the podcast. Thank you again, Paul. We want to thank, oh, thank you, you, our listeners, for watching with us. We want to thank you for listening with us. And we want to thank you for exploring with us. Especially if we have a common movie that we all watch. That'd be great. The Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> Everything but thought. Well, then again, I'll, I'll come on and I'll have some strong opinions. <laughs>